0: Hallelujah. Hey, you know what this song represents? It represents Joshua chapter 1. And this is when um, Moses, who was to lead the Israelites into the promised land, and it was like Moses could see the promised land, and God said, you were to re- re- lead them into the promised land, and Moses didn't get that, that honor to be able to do that. So Moses had died, and the mantle was being passed to Joshua. And this is what the, the word of the Lord says. He said, no, one, no man will be able to stand before you all of the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you, nor I will not forsake you. Somebody needs to shout a shout of praise, because that's what God's speaking over us today. He's saying, Hey, if I've been with Moses, I'm going to be with you. And he said, You know, nobody's going to be able to stand against you because you're a child of the Most High God. You are a child of the Most High God. And as a child of the Most High God, he goes on in Joshua and it says, Be strong and courageous. Tell somebody be strong and courageous. Come on, tell somebody around you to be strong and courageous. They are going through something that they need to be strong and courageous for. And he goes on and he says that I will give this land to which your people to possess and the forefathers before them. He said, only be strong. And then he goes on again and says, be very courageous. He says, do according to the law all that Moses, your servant, commanded you to do. Don't turn from it from the right or to the left. So you know what? We operate in the principles of the word of God. And the Bible says there is no weapon formed against you that shall prosper. And if you're a child of the most high God, you need to just say, hey, no weapon. Just say, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. So, in other words, whatever comes against me, greater is he that is in me than he that is coming against me. Greater is the spirit of the living God that is released inside of me to overcome anything the enemy tries to bring on the outside. Can I get an amen? Now, you know, so, as, we're, as we sang this song, I began to start thinking about as Joshua was ready. And he began to look at, at and God said, look, you know, as I'm with Moses, I'm going to be with you. I want to put it to you this way because we're under the New Testament, the New Covenant. As the Father was with Jesus, he is with you. Didn't Jesus say greater things you shall do? As I go to be with the Father, there's going to be greater things for you. Turn to your neighbor tell him there's some great stuff for you ahead. Come on, tell him there's some great stuff for you ahead tonight. Who you ahead tonight? Let's give the Lord a mighty shout of praise tonight. Amen. He is worthy. Well, we're here tonight, we want to welcome you to Living Word Fellowship. Get out of your seats, meet and greet somebody. We're going to release the kids. The youth are going to head back in that direction. The uh, first and fourth graders, they got some time tonight. Fifth and sixth graders, something special for you guys tonight. Why don't you guys get out of your seats and meet somebody tonight. Tell them we're glad you're here tonight.
1: Praise the Lord. Well, all right, let's find our seats right quick. Praise the Lord. God is good all the time. Ready to go, Susan? And Angela? Steve? Debbie? Tatum? Geraldo, Shorty, who was on the drums tonight? Vernon, Michelle, is that good everybody? She had her earplugs in. She had her earplugs, it wasn't that she wasn't listening. Okay, we we'll just have a few announcements to make. Tomorrow is a special day. Mom? Come up here, Susan. You already shut everything off. It's her birthday tomorrow, so. Okay. Are we ready, Susan? Lead us. Happy
2: birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Pastor Virginia. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to
1: you. Thank you, very much. Thank you girl. She wants me to tell my age. Can Sorry, you believe it? me 74 tomorrow so. 74 years young 74 years young awesome right I figure as I get closer to that five zero it's hard to say I figure 50 is the new 30. (laughs) 50 is the new 30. So, those of you that are younger, you're just kids. Tatum, you're just a kid. (laughs) Just a. (laughs) Oh. Okay, so um, let's see, what do we have that's immediate? We do have uh, two surgeries on Friday. So Sandy Cheshire is going to have uh, what's it called colonoscopy and a scope down her esophagus because she's got some internal bleeding there. So we've got to figure out what's going on with that. And Shirley Prophet is going to have her gallbladder out. So one's at seven, one's at eight. There's Shirley. So we're going to be. Both here at Woodward, yes. So so let's just pray for them right quick. Father, we just lift up Shirley and Sandy as they both have surgery on Friday. God, we ask for your hand of protection to be upon them. We pray that you'd fill your room with your angels, God. We pray, Father, that you would guide the hands of the doctor, Father, and those that are attending them. We thank you, Father, for just a supernatural recovery. We thank you that you you protect their minds from anesthesia as they go under anesthesia, God. And, Lord, we just declare your healing over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, of course, continue to pray for Tommy as he had his surgery. And we continue to pray for Stephanie, David LaRue. And I know that many of you have, have a list of people. So we just declare healing over our body and our extended family. Amen. Amen. Um, Coffee shop, those of you that want to be a part of the coffee shop, it's going great. Two people gave their heart to the Lord last week. Yeah. woo Thank you, Lord. Now that's what it's all about. They came in for help, and we, we definitely got them some help. Way to go, Lynn. Share the gospel. I know, but he worked through you, so he's got to have vessels to work through. eight two-hour slots during the week like that, 10 to 12, 1 to 3, Monday through Thursday. We've got people coming in here all the time for help with benevolence and just need help getting their paperwork and everything, and that gives you an open door to pray for them, so it's awesome. Time change this weekend. Time change, we've got uh, Richard Smith is coming from Nashville, is going to be helping us work with our sound and our praise and worship team, and so we're excited about that. And rain is coming. Rain, 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 and not snow. Rain, rain, rain. Rain is coming and not snow. Thank you, Lord, for warm temperatures. And we'll take we'll take five inches, won't you? I'm like, Philip Canton Lake, Lord. I really want to go ride on the sea in the boat. And that's the closest lake. And right now. Going to the Navajo Reservations. What day are you leaving? Oh, you're going to be fine. You're fine. Five inches. Well, maybe you need to park your vehicles close to the highway. <laughs> That's faith talking in it. <laughs> One thing about it, we have fun at church, don't we? Okay, let's get our tithes and offerings. We do have our bountiful offering on um, this Sunday. So be seeking the Lord. I know the letters have gone out. So if you didn't get them yet, then they're coming this week. And and anybody get them yet? Ah, Yeah, praise God. If you haven't got it yet, then either the mail's slow or we don't have your address. So, but we're getting all the updated information so just be seeking the Lord to see what it is on that that special gift that we do once a year okay stand your feet and let's declare the word of the Lord uh, I've been talking about Hebrew 7 and and so I I wrote up some of these and and found some of these declarations to it kind of declares what we've been talking about in Hebrews 7 so if you'll just till I get it up there on the screen you just get to repeat after me but I give today the tenth of all of my increase. And I present my tithes and offerings to my high priest, Jesus Christ, who was made my high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Because of all that God has delivered me out of, my tithes and offerings, are my love my honor and my gratitude to my god i am choosing the life of love and i have not forgotten it as i give my tithes and offerings tonight i'm declaring as his witness that he lives on and i'm proclaiming the power of an indestructible life because of Christ in me, the hope of glory. And through my tithes and offerings tonight, I'm declaring the Lordship of Jesus Christ in my life and my family. I listen carefully to the voice of the Lord, my God. And I choose to obey him. And live my life for him. Now look down from your holy habitation from heaven. And bless my family. My church. And myself. As Abraham received blessings from Melchizedek. I now receive blessings from Jesus. My high priest. And it is so. Amen. All right. Come and give.
2: Tonight, I want to speak to you just a minute on love, and I call, I call this message love a prerequisite to honor, but honestly, I just did that because this is honor month and because I think love is a prerequisite to just about everything we do in the kingdom. So would you just pray with me, please? Father, we just thank you for your love. We thank you because your love never fails. We can lean on you, Father, And trust your goodness. I just ask that you anoint these words tonight. That you anoint the listeners as well. Father, I just ask that these words fall on fertile soil. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love is one of those foundational pillars that holds everything else up. If you take love out of the God realm, it can become very twisted. It can become really damaging. Instead of being steadfast, it can be blown with every wind that comes along. You may say, today I love you because you made me feel good. And tonight, you didn't validate me, so I'm wondering what I ever saw in you in the first place. When children don't receive love as infants, we have a disorder name for that. It's in the Diagnostic Manual for Mental Health. It's called Reactive Disorder. And they carry that disorder throughout their whole life and often pass it on to their own children. So love is very important. Love is a prerequisite to our health and well-being. Research tells us that people who are in a loving relationship live longer and are healthier. When I was doing my undergrad work, I enrolled in a chemistry class. And when we got there, the professor took the roll and handed each one of us a substance. For some people, it was a solid or a powder. For others, it was a liquid. And the students immediately got busy pouring liquids and pouring strange-looking concoctions into test tubes. Bunsen burners were burning, and people were making calculations on pieces of paper. And I was just standing there, with that substance in my hand, I had no clue, no clue. Well, the professor must've noticed that deer in the headlights look, you know, that like, oh my goodness, what is this? And he came over he said, what's wrong? And I said, I don't have any idea what to do with this and I wonder why they all know what to do with it. And he said, well, Ms. Whitcomb, this is just review from your Chem 1 class. I said, oh, I didn't take Kim 1. <laughs> so he quickly showed me the door, and I was back in the registrar's office picking another class because Kim 1 was a prerequisite for Kim 2. Sometimes you have to pass point A before you can go to point B. And I find this is true in the spiritual sense as well. For example you have to settle once and for all the tithe in your heart before you can have true financial freedom. So love is a foundation to honor, but it's a very misused word in our culture. I tell Tom, and I hope he's watching tonight, I say, honey, I love you, but I also love pork chops and fried potatoes and gravy. (laughs) So do I love Tom as much as I love that? We greet each other, and then when we part, we say, love you, but just where do you rank? Are you as high as Tom? Are you higher than chocolate ice cream? So it gets kind of confusing. I love you, but will I be inconvenienced by you? I love you, but will I screen your call if I want to do something else? We express that till death do us part kind of love, but for at least 50% of us, that fades very quickly. And as soon as you do something that distresses me, I begin to reevaluate if you're my life partner or not. If my heart no longer flutters when you walk by, I wonder if I chose the right man. And when your issues start to seriously affect my comfort, then I'm headed to the counselor. I don't think it's an accident that this word has been co- has become confused in our society. I think that's a trick of the enemy because that word has eternal importance to God. It was love that created this world. It was love that sent Christ to die. It embodies who God is. So I think it's no mistake that we've been con- confused about love. Christ, when he was on earth, was asked by a lawyer, so what's the greatest of the commandments? And he said, you know, you can just wrap them all up in two, that you love God and that you love each other. I think it's very important that we understand how God's love relates to us. When we understand that, we'll know how we're supposed to relate to each other in love. Turn with me to Galatians 5, verses 13 and 14. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty, only not to use liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The message Bible is very clear on this one. I'm going to read it out of the message to you because it's so good. It is absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want and lose your freedom. I thought, boy, that one will preach. Rather use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence love others as you love yourself. And I want to talk a little bit about that word love in that scripture, where it says, Rather use your freedom to serve one another in love. That word here is a noun, it's the word agape, it's not a verb. And somehow we tend to think of love as an action word, something we do instead of something we are. In this context, it's something we are. It's a noun. It would be like if Tatum were going to run a race, that would be a verb, an action word. But if she were going to the run, now we've changed it into a noun. And that noun kind of embodies a mass of information. If I said Tatum's going to the run tomorrow, you might envision a track and other runners and cheering and those little vests they wear. So it's a, it conveys, it's the name of something that conveys a mass of information. So use your freedom to serve one another in agape. That's how freedom grows. And if I jog back and forth between agape and agape, forgive me, all my life I pronounced that agape, but my talking strongs, says agape so i'm trying to change that over um the word agape in one of my reference books was described god's covenant love with man the way he constrained himself so we could participate and enter into his love you know i think if we were to experience the full impact of god's love we would find it hard to relate to him and we would definitely find it hard to become love the way he's called us to be. John thirteen thirty four, and this is Christ speaking. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have agape, one to another. All men will know that you are my disciples if you have my kind of love, the God kind of love for one another. You know, it's so easy to talk sentimentally about love, but it's much more difficult to apply it, especially to people that are in situations of their own cause, you know, things that they've gotten themselves into. And when they don't just rebound and get their feet set straight, our love kind of begins to fail for them. One of the things I see most often in mental health is how a person's support group fades away when the loved one doesn't get up and run their race after a couple of falters. It becomes hard then to love. You know it's very easy to love Shelly because she's lovely. But it's harder to love that one that gets on your last nerve or has just worn you out. But agape is a self-sacrificing love. It expects nothing in return. It's the earthly badge of our kingdom citizenship. Fortunately for us, he did not leave us in the dark about what agape looks like. If you'll turn with me to 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8, very familiar verses Strongly connected in our mind to romantic love. But I was surprised to find out that this is not eros. This is not romantic love. This is agape. This is the way we're supposed to love each other. And this is the way then that God loves us. And as I read through that, I found that to be so precious that this is the way he loves us. Love suffers long and is kind Love does not envy, love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. Love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never Fails, And someone told me one time that we could put the, the name God in there everywhere it says love. And we would have the very same meaning. God never fails. Love suffers long and is kind. Exodus 34, 6 says, and this is God talking to Moses. He said, and the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious Long suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. This is God describing Himself to Moses. And this was, by the way, the second time Moses went up the hill to get the Ten Commandments. So He was very patient with Moses. He has been very patient with us as well. He waits on us to receive the good news, He waits for us to step into our destiny. He tells us, my callings are without repentance, which means I'm not going to become impatient with you and remove your calling from you. He waits very patiently. So often I'm talking to someone and they say, you know, at one time I was called to the ministry or one time God used me to do this, but that was a long time ago. God has not changed that. He's not sorry that he called you. He's waiting patiently for you to return and put your feet on your destiny one more time. Agape is kind. Isn't kindness such an humble word? Kindness, I love that. Not often associated with a god or a king, is it? Very seldom does a god or a king lean down from his throne to give a gentle touch or whisper an encouraging word, but my daddy does. Psalm 145, 8 and 9 says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all of his works. You know, we will not know until we see his face, how kind he has been to us. Sometimes we think that he's distant and not helping us like he should. But we just don't know. There's times when I've come upon car accidents that just happened. And I think, but for the grace of God, I could have been involved in that. What was that thing that delayed me two minutes? And also, I think, how many times did he have my hand, have his hand on my kids and kept them from harm? We just won't know till we see him face to face how good, how kind he is. Love does not envy, does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked. I look at the life of Christ, and he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And I see what an humble life he lived. He never promoted himself. He didn't spend his time and energy building great monuments to himself like the Pharaohs were doing. When Judas betrayed Christ, one of the disciples, some say it was Peter, and I don't doubt it a bit, jumped up and cut off the ear of the guard of the high priest, and Christ healed it and said, put up your sword. Put up your sword. Those who live by the sword will die by the sword. Don't you know that I'm able right now to call 12 legions more if I want Of fighting angels battle ready. I love that picture. Twelve legions of fighting angels. Anytime he wanted. There's an old song that said he could have called 10,000 angels. Right here he could have called 72,000 battle ready angels. He could have swept through Jerusalem. Right across Rome and the whole known world. And conquered it all. And you know we would have been reading about him in the history books. He'd have been right there along with Genghis Khan and Alexander the Great. But he never would have won me back from the enemy where I was held captive. He was not promoting his own agenda. He was promoting mine. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, bears all things endures all things, God never fails. So I wondered, how am I doing here with this? Verse 4, love suffers long and is kind. Suffers long? This simply means patient, and Eric and Shelley will tell you, I'm probably the least patient person around here. When I don't get instant gratification, I'm just jumping up and down like a kid. When people don't give us what we want pretty quickly, we get angry with them. We become offended. If I call Tom and get his voicemail, I'm ticked off. (laughs) If we don't get our food in in a restaurant in a timely manner, or our server is not up to our standards, we get very impatient. If our friend makes the same mistake over and over again, we're reevaluating that friendship. If we're tired, not feeling up to par, we snap at each other and at the kids. I should say, me. I know I do this. When we greet someone and we say, how are you? We desperately need them to say, fine. Because honestly, we just don't have the time and patience to hear why your world's not fine. Love does not behave rudely. I was rude to someone just the other day. Love does not envy. Are you kidding me? That's the reason our jails are full. It's because we want what someone else has. You know, someone told me the only thing worse than not winning the publisher's clearing house is seeing that van pull up in your neighbor's driveway. <laughs> envy envy, but you know it cuts finer than that. We even become jealous of what God is doing in other people's lives. Love doesn't seek its own. Hey, that's the name of the game in today's society. Promote yourself, promote your program, promote your bank account. It seems everyone has an agenda today. Love bears all things, believes all things. Hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. So, you might say, Linda, you're talking about the God kind of love. Eric and Shelly can do that. Pastor Virginia can do that. Jody and Sean can do that, but they're different than me. Well, I'm so glad you ask how that can happen. Because it's so simple when I got to looking. I was so thrilled that everything that God requires of us, he provides ahead of time. He requires faith. He gave you the measure of faith. He requires the tithe. He gave you ten times more. He requires righteousness. He covered you with the blood of his son. He requires agape of you. He gave you the Holy Spirit. Galatians twenty two twenty three says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And that word love there is our old friend, agape. So he gives it to us with the Holy Spirit agape. So it's not so difficult after all. It's a natural outgrowth of the infilling of the Holy Spirit and spending time with dad. If you've accepted Christ as your savior, you already have the agape seed inside of you. You just need to tend it and nurture it. Like fruit, it will grow and become sweeter and sweeter in your life. As you tend it, spend time with God, and you choose it because it's always a choice. You have to choose it. You have to practice it. And then they will know that you are disciples of the Son of God. One more thing, and then I'm going to finish. Do you remember starting a new job ever? I know, I look around here, and everybody in here started a new job at some time or another. Do you remember how miserable that learning curve is? It's just awful. You, The customers ask questions you don't know the answers to. You don't know how to fill out the paperwork. You don't know how to operate the cash register. It is just miserable. And then one day a customer comes in and asks you a question, and you go, oh, I know that. I know how to do that. And then you begin to feel more and more confident in your new job. Until one day the boss comes up and says, you know, I think I'll take a few days off. I think you can handle it. Well, if you'll turn with me to Romans 5, 1 through 5, it talks about job training. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we also have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice of the hope of glory of God. And now here is where the on-job training begins. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation works patience and patience experience. And experience hope and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And that's that word agape is given to us by the Holy Ghost. As long as we remain open and honest before the Lord, that very quality of love that he requires is steadily growing in us. And you know, we really want this love perfected in us because it gives us significance in the kingdom. It makes people recognize us for who we are. The word says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not love, I'm become as tink- sounding brass and tinkling cymbals. One version says, I become like the sound of a rusty, creaking gate. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have faith to move mountains and have not love, I am nothing. So choose love.
0: Now she gives it to me. Let's choose love. Let's let's. Um, let me challenge you and some of the points that she that she gave tonight um, in, in Corinthians 13. Sometimes it's real easy. To love somebody when you like them. Sometimes it's real easy to love somebody when you get along with them or they're like you. But what about if you met a Muslim? What about if you met a Hindu? What about if you met somebody else from either another part of the world, another culture itself? Would you be able to love them? So when I look at Corinthians 13, and I think about the agape, for 25 years I've been been in the western part, and I, I always called it agape. I don't know if I can do the agape thing. But whether it's agape or agape, It is the God kind of love. It is a love that is not conditional. In other words, it's not uh, Kelly loves me and does good for me and cooks meals for me and brings me jelly. And because she does those things, I love her. There is a condition to that love. But if I don't ever get another thing from her, I love her. If I don't ever receive another thing from her, I still love her. So I want you to understand that even with God himself, he loves us unconditional. When you come to him, when you give your life to him, you become the righteousness of God. When you look at love, our love has to shift and it's not lust. Lust is not love. But when we look at love itself and you look at Corinthians, when I read that, sometimes the truth is. I can think, oh, my gosh, I got a long way to go. But like she said, there are times where all of a sudden you begin to mature in that, like an employer, or an employee situation, where all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I can answer that question. So I can look at that and say, am I keeping no record of wrongs? Love never fails. Am I failing? So when I look at that, sometimes it can, it can bring discomfort to me. But God doesn't want it to bring discomfort to you. He wants it to bring comfort to you. To say, I've not arrived, but yet I'm working on this. So he says, when love is patient, love is kind. It doesn't envy. It is not boastful. There's times where I can look at that and I can almost, Terry, say, how am I doing in this? How am I doing in that? How am I doing in this? How am I doing at that? But if we will keep our eyes on Jesus. And love like Jesus loved. And have the compassion like Jesus had compassion. And do the things that Jesus did. Then I can look at those things and go. I'm in it. I'm working in that. And all of us. I could sit up here today and say. I need to improve in many areas in my life. It doesn't allow me. The love of God. Doesn't allow me to be slack. It doesn't allow me to procrastinate. Hello. But it does allow me the grace. The goodness of God. To say. I love him. And they out there. Will only know. That we in here. Love him. If we go show them. The scripture talks about a man that will lay down his life. So not everybody will. A good man might. But God so loved the world. The world. The very thing that we talk bad about. The very things that we think is difficult. The very things that are going through difficult times. The world. God so loved the world. That he gave his only son. The most precious thing to him. That whoever believes in him. Shall not perish. But have what? Everlasting life. Won't you stand to your feet tonight? The Bible tells us there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So I'm saying tonight that if we look at this and. And. Linda so eloquently laid out about honor and love being in a prerequisite to honor. If we love like God loves, we will honor like God honors. You got that? If we love like God loves, we will honor like God honors. If we love like God loves, we will honor like God honors. Sunday, we talked about the humility Being a foundation of honor. Love being that foundation of honor tonight. Jesus emptied himself. Came to a humble place. And he says he's been exalted. The low things become high things. So with faith. Righteousness. Agape. Allowing the Holy Spirit to do something in our lives. I'm going to ask you tonight. Will you allow the Holy Spirit to take you deeper into His love? Mm, mm, mm. Will you allow the Holy Spirit? He's not bringing condemnation, but He's releasing you to go deeper into His love. And if you've not loved deeply or been loved deeply, that's hard. But nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you release your goodness tonight. I thank you for the word of God that has come forth tonight. I thank you that you said if we love one another, we belong to you. Bring us deeper into your love tonight. Let that foundational pillar come forth Tonight, as we honor others in our lives, as we learn about the power of honor tonight, but tonight that you will release us into a deeper measure of your love. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just lift your hand to the Lord tonight and just say, Lord, I want to go deeper. I just want to go deeper. Come on, just begin to say I need the baptism of love just to flow upon me tonight. I don't need it to to just come and go. I need it to stay upon me. So, Father, we just release your love. We release your love, your patience, your goodness, kindness. Uh, We just release that upon our lives tonight. We begin to look at other people and look and see their glory, look and pull out their glory that's in them. Look and say, I'm going to love them. Love them unconditionally, no matter what's taken place in their lives. I'm going to love them through their mess. God loved us through our mess. He loves you right now. Your life might be messed up tonight and you might say, I'm coming in here. I need something from God and God is releasing his love upon your life tonight in the middle of your mess. He will love you right there, right there, right there, right there, right there where you're at, right there where you're at. He's not going to love you and leave you. He's going to love you and bring you out. He's going to love you and bring you out. So, Father, just release your love on your people tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Let's give the Lord some praise for Pastor Linda. We thank you so very much for the word of God tonight. Okay, you guys pray. I need you to do a couple things. Pray about the bountiful offering. Do not... I love you. I love you so much that I'm willing to tell you don't bring an offering in here Sunday for the bountiful offering without putting prayer to it first. Will you do that for me? And then as you hear in that letter that I wrote you, then if you hear what it is, just be obedient and then just bring it in what the Lord says to bring in. Amen. Invite somebody Sunday. God bless you. We love you. We send you forth with his power and his might tonight. If you have a prayer need tonight, we would love to pray for you. God bless you. Have a great evening in the Lord tonight. May you go in his love. Amen.